Welcome to DTR News, where we will be discussing and staying on top of the latest news in AI and automation. With you to discuss this week's news, Jacob Magnall and David Griffith-Jones. DTR News this week, we look at a Bruce Willis deepfake, Facebook announce a text-to-video generator, and lastly, the promise of efficiency gains in machine learning. But first... Earlier this month, Elon Musk revealed Tesla's current progress in its efforts to create a general-purpose humanoid robot. The vision is for a cheap, smart, and flexible machine that can help us do any number of tasks. As with everything Elon, the reveal sparked some praise from fans, but mostly indignation from industry players and general Musk detractors, even partly leading to a decline in Tesla stock price that, as of this recording, has not yet recovered. Criticism has been raised that the robots shown were generally underwhelming, one of them not even walking on its own for the risk of falling over. For some perspective, Boston Dynamics robots have been shown to do backflips and be quite adept at dancing. But Boston Dynamics' cheapest robot has been estimated to cost around $75,000. So it remains. If Tesla can deliver on the promise of a useful humanoid robot for under $20,000, that will have tremendous impact on the economy and the way we live our lives. David, I think this is really, when it comes to Elon Musk and all of his projects, He's shown that he's really good at manufacturing and being able to push down prices. And I'm actually excited about this. I think it's, as with electric cars, there are better electric cars than Tesla, but he's managed to really push that segment along. We're now at a place in our lives where it makes more sense even to get an electric car than a normal car if you want to buy one new. So... I'm very excited about this. And I think, let's see what happens. Yeah, as you say, I think the big news here really is that Tesla are coming into this space. The demo itself was fairly underwhelming. Uh, the robot was walking around, watering some flowers and delivering packages. And it, was, it wasn't it was anything comparable to really the Boston Dynamics. But as you say, big news is that Tesla are actually getting involved in this space. Yeah. Next, Bruce Willis, deep fake. Bruce Willis's agent has denied reports that the film star has sold the rights to his face. Last week, it was widely reported that Willis, in the first deal of its kind, had sold his face to a deepfake company called Deep Cake. However, a spokesperson for the actor told news outlets that he had no partnership or agreement with the company. What is true is that a deepfake of Bruce Willis was used to create an advert for Megaphone, a Russian telecoms company, last year. Deepfakes use artificial intelligence and machine learning technology to create realistic videos, often of celebrities or politicians. Willis announced his retirement from acting in March after being diagnosed with aphasia, a disorder that affects speech. For actors that can no longer act, the technology has the potential to be game-changing. Deepcake is an AI-powered content creation platform that creates digital twins of celebrities using their likeness, but they do not maintain the rights over these digital twins. So Jacob... I mean, I don't know whether you've seen these um, deep fakes popping up in uh, TikTok and Twitter and the social media. There's this unreal Keanu Reeves that has also been doing the rounds. And, and we've seen, well, there was an Obama one a couple of years ago. The technology is really advancing here. And uh, it seems that it's not going to be very long before there's going to be some really valuable use cases, such as Hollywood movie. If you do all the filming and actually you've missed a line or something needs to be added, instead of having to bring the whole crew and cast back together, you could do post-production and reshoots using this technology. But it could also be used to actually bring 
old Hollywood actors into modern films. And then there's the whole question of actually, could it even be used to make entire films in the not so distant future? So I don't know whether you've seen any of these, Jacob. I mean, I have, and I even have an example uh, from just researching podcast tools, the the ever never ending podcast tool research thing. Now that all these AI tools are coming, it's it's so many things that are just popping up. One thing that I've seen is where you can actually make a voice profile of me, for example, and then you can type out so that. I don't have to actually be in the room. I could just send you the script and, and you would have your podcast co-host. Um, it's semi-useful. I you, you don't really get any dynamic. So if you, you have a podcast where you're actually interacting with someone, it's not really that useful. But it, it can be used, as you say, to sort of fix up and, and clean up the tape afterwards. So um, they're a pretty cool development. Nice. Next up, the promise of efficiency gains in machine learning. Machine learning comes with the promise to revolutionize the world we live in. From beating us in chess, a seemingly petty activity for a machine that can calculate and prioritize all existing moves possible in an instant, all the way to curing cancer, a decidedly less frivolous activity, and even, we hope, solving the climate crisis. To do all of these wondrous things, the machine first has to learn. Machine learning, after all. A task that takes a long time and involves a tremendous number of connected computers drawing upon huge amounts of electricity. The massive quantities of greenhouse gas released in the process is counter to that great promise of a cleaner and brighter future. Researchers at Google are proposing new ways to train deep reinforcement models that promise to speed up training by up to more than five times while also reducing greenhouse gas emissions potentially by as much as 3.8 times. This is great news for everyone. Well, I mean, Jacob, that would be great to be able to do that. How are they proposing to be able to achieve this? Okay, so it's all based on a process called quantization. It's a process where you take a recording of a number. For example, you take a temperature uh, somewhere and you have all of these just like, it's a long number. It's a long string of numbers and you can approximate that number by rounding it up, for example, and make a, a more manageable number from that. And by doing that on the the amounts of data that you need for machine learning, you can really speed up the process. So basically just simplifying it into numbers that are better for training. And that can, according to these researchers, give these huge benefits in terms of energy and speed. Right, that sounds great because we do hear this kind of worry about the amount of energy that's going to be required for all these algorithms. So fantastic that they're making progress in that space. Yeah, this is this is the type of news that seems really dry when you first read it, but that actually has the potential to transform everything. Finally, Facebook's new text video generator. Facebook's parent company, Meta, has announced a new artificially intelligent program called Make a Video that allows users to create a video from a text description. Zuckerberg displayed the capabilities of the program by showing a teddy bear painting a self-portrait, a spaceship landing on Mars, and a baby sloth with a knitted hat trying to figure out a laptop. All of the above videos were generated via text prompts that the AI machine then turned into a moving video, thanks to deep learning from image synthesizers such as GPT-3. It's much harder to generate video than photos, because beyond correctly generating each pixel, 
the system also has to predict how they'll change over time. Make a video solves this by adding a layer of unsupervised learning that enables the system to understand motion in the physical world and apply it to traditional text to image generation. Zuckerberg announced plans to share a full demo in the future, but there's no word yet on when Facebook users will be able to try it out for themselves. So I don't know, did you see this, Jacob, with the um, text to video? It was all over Facebook. Yeah. And I mean, it really looks like it's quite poor the quality but it it is a new thing it's it's what you see with all of these generators that initially the quality is really poor and then as the training goes on it quickly becomes much better and these these three examples they were the ones that facebook kind of they were saying oh, this is what our team created with just text generation realistically how long did they actually take and how much polishing was going on to make them what they were i mean i just yeah. don't know no. you could be cynical i imagine there was quite a lot of shining to get the buzz um but if you project forward and you see what this could lead to yeah in months years i mean just look back at uh, just look back at uh dolly for a couple of months ago and it was really really poor and now we're getting really competently built images so I reckon as soon as they release it to the public, the training goes much quicker. Definitely. You have been listening to DTRR News today, the 16th of October, 2022. Next week's episode, Transformational Change in the Healthcare Industry, where we interview D. Siever, service designer at Philips Healthcare. We have some really interesting discussions with her about Philips and how they're working with automation, AI and transformational change. Have a great day. So I was listening to the radio this morning and it was on BBC News. They were talking about how AI software is being used to increasingly screen interview candidates for employment. And that they've identified that there are some, well, the, the proponents of this software champion it as avoiding human bias. So as all, well, most people are aware, we are. Everyone is full of bias, and we're making assumptions about people, and that can be really bad for equal recruitment because the way someone looks and talks and kind of their general presentation can make it harder for them to get a job, and it leads to a lack of cultural diversity in organisations. So, more and more in the early stages of interviews, you're turning up for a video interview, but that video is also being processed through an AI to give a certain score around how likely this person would be to be a fair team player. Mm. But they've started to identify some challenges in the AI. So one thing is that the AI tends to prefer um, people who have a background, who don't have a plain background behind them. If you have some artwork rather than just a plain background, the AI seems to preference that. Even better if you have a bookshelf behind you. So the AI is making some connection between people who have an active background behind them and people who just have a plain background. So be aware of that if you're doing any other interviews. The other random piece, which just they've looked into this, what what is the AI doing? And they don't have a very detailed explanation. They can just show what assumptions it, the AI is making is that people who wear headscarves are seen to be less neurotic. So the tip in this from the BBC was, if you're having an online interview, 
don't have a plain background, have something behind you, ideally a bookshelf, and wear a headscarf. Great. That's good advice. That's practical advice from designing the robot revolution. I love that. It's funny. I actually listened to a book where they had an algorithm. I, th- I, I suppose that it was LinkedIn. It might have been Facebook, but I, I think it was LinkedIn, where they identified a problem that for CEO type jobs, the algorithm was sending it mainly to men because of feedback loops in the in the system. Uh, so I guess some sort of training was going on. Sorry for being so confused, but it was. Uh, I'm gonna. What it is a good example of is the risk of. What it's a good example of is it's a risk that biases are created within an AI that are, are unintended. It's. Right. The AI is only as good as, or the machine learning is only as good as the data that it's receiving. So if we're feeding it data that starts to give it misleading assumptions, we can bake in biases that shouldn't be there, which is hugely risky. Um, So the whole argument of it being fairer can kind of be blown out the water if it's not based on the right data. It's not clear cut and can never be. As soon as we start taking it for granted that we have a system that works, it's it's bound to be flawed, like perfectly flawed. And and I think that's the way the takeaway. Like we need to always iterate and improve and and question these systems. So the the book that I was reading was a human uh, a human's guide to machine intelligence, which is a really fabulous book that I'm gonna uh, get back to. I think in this series um and what the the conclusion that they had was that so this algorithm it was pairing jobs with people and they created uh like 100 fake profiles for workers that were very similar to each other and they had females and males so what they saw was that the algorithm diverted these jobs uh, more towards the fake male participants, the CEO type jobs, and they asked if the the company that they tested the algorithm on it was a re- these were real jobs. Uh, the fa- the fake profiles were the research thing, and afterwards they asked the company if if they had a bias towards like sending it to to, to men the these ceo type jobs and they said that they didn't we we don't know but one explanation could be that for some reason females were increasingly likely to not click these links and that that might feed into the algorithm and make it so that it presents it less because they want as much uh, exposure as possible so if they don't have a parameter for that, that might become a sort of a negative feedback loop. And I think that's just, there are so many nuances and we can never know what's good. So we need to, to be vigilant on that.